Good morning, everybody. Hope you're having an outstanding Thursday today. Got an interesting show set up for you today. A couple of topics we're going to hit. Hopefully all the announcements and everything went went out correctly. I noticed yesterday that, uh, or I heard yesterday that people in the UK were having a hard time with the with the show, which might explain the weird numbers from yesterday. So if you, uh, hopefully, if that was you yesterday, hopefully today everything is working great. So we got a few people in here already getting things going. One of the topics I want to hit today is I got a, I got a comment asking about panic attacks and anxiety. So I think that's what we'll, we'll discuss today. If you want to participate in the show, you can do that by calling 1-424-373-5483 or 1-424-DSD-LIVE. If you are outside of the United States and do not want to spend a ton of money on the call, you can use the web interface, which I have a link in the video description in the show notes. You can do that by going to https colon slash slash www.callinstudio.com slash show slash DSD Live. I'd love to get your comments on this today as we discuss this. So if you have some experience or things that have helped you on this, I would love to hear that. It's crazy. I was thinking about this last night. Debbie and I were talking and it's hard. I was just like, how is it Wednesday already? How are we getting ready, you know, Thursday? I've been, it's like two weeks are almost up. Just insane how fast time is going. And how little I'm getting, I'm accomplishing. There's so much stuff I want to get done. So good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Thursday show. Hopefully, like I mentioned earlier, you are all doing well. Uh, hopefully this will give this show will give you a little bit of break from the stress and trauma that you've been dealing with. Maybe give you some new ideas on how to deal with your own situation and and uh, get a little bit closer to getting your life back, getting things under control, and keeping things uh, going in a positive direction. Positive direction. So easy for it to go south. It's amazing how much perseverance you you have to have when going through something like this. It, it seems, it just seems like you're getting knocked down every time you turn around. That, that, that something, some unique, unique new experiences are happening that you never would even have thought about and just starts slamming you back down. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into this. I got a, a comment approximately six hours ago, because I can see it right here when I screen captured it. And it says, uh, it's from Big Mikey, and it says, Hi, Dwayne, how did you get out of having panic attacks and anxiety? And, it, and it's weird. I'll just, I'll just start this by saying, it's weird how when you have a traumatic experience like this, and you're dealing with panic attacks and anxiety, which I was, <clears throat> and then you get on the other side of it, it's, it's almost like you get a message like this and it's like, oh yeah, I really, I really did have that. And unfortunately, there's not really a simple answer, except I will say this, 
you do have to take steps to to stop it, right? I mean, to, to, to kind of take control of your panic attacks and your anxiety. If you do nothing, it will just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And typically when you're not doing anything, you're not seeing any, any improvements, it actually makes it a lot worse. At least that was my experience. Maybe you had a different experience. What I ultimately did... I mean, I did the traditional stuff first. We kind of talked a little bit about this yesterday with some of the steps I took, but, but I mean, I was doing therapy. I ended up doing the hypnosis. I was journaling. I was doing everything that they tell you to do. And, and I'll just pause for a moment on the journaling side of this. And I would write every night. And I mean, I, I've, I've made, there's some older videos where I just show reams of paper of how of the notes that I've written or the journaling I did. And the reality is, is that I felt for me, I felt like I was writing the same thing over and over again. I did that for like a year and a half, maybe two years. And it was helpful, right? I mean, it was something I did every night when I went to bed and or right before I went to bed, I would lay down and I would just write. It's just the way I, I was doing it. And it was, it was just this, this reoccurring, you know, almost like, why, 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 why is this happening? Why did this happen? Why are we here? And then you add into that the panic attacks and anxiety. I think it's actually anxiety, which then leads into a panic attack. At least that was the, the case for me. And the anxiety was just what's going to happen next. When we're in this situation, we're always being hit with a new, a new, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A new, what did I say earlier? You know, unique way to be, you know, almost tortured. And if you haven't had anxiety in the past, I always had a little bit of anxiety. And then during this, during the divorce, it just ramped up. And the primary reason for that is because everything was out of control. And every time I turned around, I was getting nailed on something different. It's like, okay, you know, you'd like, you'd like make your peace with it. You would like look at the situation and go, oh, okay, okay, I got it figured out. I get it now. I understand what I'm dealing with. I, I see what's going on. And I'm, and, I, and, I'm, and, I, and, I, and I get it to where it is right now. And then it would change and get worse. And then you have that anxiety that it's going to continue to get worse. And then, and then what happens is, is you get conditioned, at least I did, to where if you do start feeling better, if things start getting better, you, you instinctively know that a, a missile is getting ready to come in and wipe you out. So even if everything's really great, you're like, okay, okay, the last time this was great, something bad happened. So what's getting ready to happen? And then you start thinking about, okay, what, what's going on? What, you know, what, 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 you know, what is, uh, what's the ex doing? You know, I mean, are the kids acting okay? I mean, uh, and then it's one of those things where it's like, oh my God, it's too quiet. They're not doing anything, which means they're planning something or they're doing something, you know? I mean, it, it's just, it's just this like feedback loop of chaos. 
So again, how did I get over that? I, I still think that the hypnosis that I was talking about the other day really helped. And, and if, if you didn't see that, if you didn't see that segment, I just a quick recap. I never, ever, 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 ever would have thought that I would even consider trying something like that. That was so much out of my my personality or what I would have considered a reasonable step. But I was desperate and I was wanting change and I and I just felt that I couldn't continue to go on with doing the same thing and and getting well effectively the same results. So I was like, okay, I got to try something different. Reason I jumped into therapy, reason I did the hypnosis, the reason I tried the journaling because I didn't really journal. Well, I kind of journal, but not really to the effect I was before. You know, and on the journaling thing, you know, since we all have phones, you know, make do video journals. You don't have to share them with anybody. You know, just just do them on your phone, or if you got a device, that's even better. I would re- recommend you get them off and just store them someplace. You know, have an external drive. Uh, if you got a Google Drive that has a ton of space, uh, put them there. And then you can look at them later if you need to. You can. It's also an interesting way to to, to gauge your growth and how you've how you've uh, healed and improved. It's really important. And that is kind of part of this too. It's also important to have a data point on how you have improved from this. Because so often it, it, it's so gradual, the improvements that you have, that it's, it's hard to see them. I can look back at my situation and remember when I felt I was, that things were still horrible but if I really paused for a moment and I looked at the situation, it was better than it was before. You know, instead of feeling like a lot of the ways I would talk about it, if I can, for people watching, they can see this, but I got my hands up and, and you got, you know, complete, well, I'll do it this way, complete nightmare and better. And it's like, normally it's, everything's a nightmare constantly. And then it starts getting a little bit better. But it still hurts, right? The pain still is there. And it's really hard to see that, you know, the gauge used to be, we'll just use the end of the screen, you know, it used to be over here, but it's slowly moving. I don't even know why I have this hand up now that I'm saying, thinking that. But recognizing that, that you've made improvements is really important because you don't feel that you're making improvements and you don't see that you're making improvements. Okay. Now, Rolling that anxiety into panic attacks. What I had to do on that, and, I, and I'm not a master at mindfulness, and I don't know how to meditate. And if you have an interest in learning more about that, I would encourage you to do it because I think if you found the techniques that were that are really set up uh, and and made for that, that there's a lot of value, a lot of value in that. And what you have to do and what I had to do and the benefit I had is, was age really at the time, because when I was having a panic attack on something happening and you're, and I, and I kind of 
consider it like a feedback loop in your mind about how you just catastrophize how everything is going and you feel like it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And I was able to look at it and go, okay, you know, I've had these feelings in the past. This is much harder for people who haven't had this experience. So just bear with me for a moment. And maybe i like to, for anyone watching, if, if you agree with this, I'd definitely like to see this in the comments. What I was able to do is look at it and go, okay, I've had a lifetime where I thought some, some situation was catastrophic. And it, majority, if not all the times, it always turned out okay. It was like, okay, I was worried about, you know, whatever, a work thing. Primarily it was work stuff and just, I mean, even in high school, it's like, oh, I had these things where I thought, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. This is horrible. And I look at it now and it's like, what was I even worried about? Same thing at work. So what I did, and it was what was really tough, is I tried to take the, that approach in this situation. Liveboy C has a comment and a super chat, so thank you so much for that. He says, I kept a note by my bed saying, you're having a panic attack, you're not dying. Mine were nocturnal and woke me up. Gaslighting was the main cause. Clear now having worked on codependency and self-love. See, and, and, and that's, that's kind of, actually, I'm glad he said that, because that's, that's really a simpler way of saying what I was just saying. It's like you, you have this panic attack that something's going to happen. Like in this situation, it's like you're going to die. Well, you're not. And that's what, I did, that's what I had to do. I had to look at the situation and say, okay, this is probably going to work out okay. So take a breath. And I, I literally would be like, in my mind, I would be like, okay, take a deep breath. Slow yourself down. It's going to be okay. So it's like that self-talk that I was doing. And that helped. And what happens is, it, it, what happens is, is as you do that and you get through it, you start to build your own little history bank where you, you're proving to yourself that you did get through it, that it was okay. Now let's add the little twist in it, which is the problem that most of us are dealing with, especially in a toxic, narcissistic divorce especially when kids are involved. And that is, there's so much at stake. The fear is so great because you don't really know what's going on. You go into this, typically what happens is you go into the situation feeling like, okay, we're going to court. It's going to be fair. It's the legal system, you know, justice and truth. And I'll be vindicated and this craziness will stop. And you, and you walk into it with one expectation of what you think is fair. This is what happened to me. What you think is fair. You walk in that, at that building. You sit through that hearing. The judge says what he's going to say. And then, boom, the gavel drops. And as the gavel drops, your jaw drops because you're like, what in the world just happened? You're expecting... Fairness and what you get is lies being listened to, 
or it looks like it. You walk out of it thinking, oh my God, they believe everything the person says. I'm going to lose everything. They're going to take my kids. They're going to take my house. They're going to take everything. I'm going to be destroyed. I'll be bankrupt. See, and that's just it, right? You're starting to have a panic attack of like all these things that potentially could happen. And then, oh God forbid, if you venture over to the internet and you search, you know, oh my God, my divorce is terrible. And then you see message after message and story after story and video after video, not my videos. I refuse to make content like that because I felt it was absolutely unhelpful of talking about how horrible it is. Yes. I mean, you are going to lose everything. Everything's going to be horrible. You'll be living under a bridge. If you're lucky, you'll have a van that you can live in down, down by the river. Same thing for women. You're dealing with a toxic person. You walk into court and you think, you know, maybe you even think, hey, you know, everyone says women always win and you walk in confidently. When you're dealing with a narcissistic, toxic person, they don't play fair. They manipulate everything. You walk in thinking everything is good. Like I said, like it's going to be fair. And you walk out going, what the hell happened? If you didn't have panic attacks before, my guess is after going through this, you probably finally started experiencing them. Fortunately for me, growing up in a, in a loving household with, oh, no, wait a minute. That was a story I read. Growing up in a horrible household <laughs> with covert and overt narcissistic behavior and never feeling comfortable, never feeling effectively safe. I hate using some of these words because, right, I mean, they've been so co-opted by the current youth you know, where everything is, they're offended by everything and they need safe spaces and whatever. But I mean, there's some fundamental truths in it. When you grow up where you're always living your life on pins and needles, you, you always are dealing with that. I mean, I had panic attacks and anxiety problems, not debilitating, thank God, but it was pretty damn close. I used to have really clammy hands all the time. I still do when it gets hot, but, but it's like I've noticed... It's like, you know, if I had to meet somebody, I'd be like, kind of like trying to like, oh crap, I don't want to shake their hand, trying to, trying to, you know, go clean my, you know, wash my hand or something. And it was all anxiety based. And that, that stuff doesn't happen much anymore, right? I mean, I still have panic attacks. I still have anxiety. Um, and then the rolling into this, and I know I'm making this a, a really long discussion and I hope everyone is okay with that. And, and I see, uh, as, let me see, Flyboy C added an, another super chat. And, and I'll just say on that, uh, I appreciate when you guys do that because it highlights it. So in the, not that the con, you guys are listening to me right now, so the comments are slow, but it, it, it definitely highlights it and makes it easy. It's like, hey, look at this. <laughs> it makes it easier. Anyways, Flyboy C, C says, uh, just to add, I also had, as I'm sure most of us do, is that I was constantly stressed by my adrenal system, which triggers attacks. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I've heard of people talk about adrenal fatigue. I think, I've, I think I'm still dealing with that. I am constantly just worn out and run down. I think, you know, you spend a lifetime of this. Well, not even a lifetime. Just going through a divorce that's really toxic, where somebody is doing this to you, is going to just trigger all those flight and fight, flight or fight responses. So the other thing is, is that whenever these things start happening, and you'll get to the point that you can do this, where you can say, 
I'm having a pan- and this is what I do now. I'm having a panic attack. Why am I having a panic attack? Or I'm, ha- I'm having really bad anxiety. And then and I, I see, and I'm just going to add this because Jack says this, says, and the sleepless nights too. A lot of times, this is all predicated on external things, right? If you're not sleeping well, if you're maybe getting sick, uh, you're having you know other stressors like financial, you add all those in there, it, it's going to ramp this stuff up. Now, when I have that now, that's like I, what I was just saying is I'll look at it and say, okay, what's going on? What's, where is the cause of this? Why am I feeling this way and what's happened? Now, if it's a panic attack and I'm like, okay, and I'm, I'm really starting to freak out, it's like, okay, calm down. You know, what do you think? I'm in my mind. I'm like, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to get kicked out of my house. Like talking about the story the other day, I'm, I'm going to get kicked out of my house and, and I'm not going to be able to find another place and, I, and I'll be homeless and, and then I won't be able to work and then, and then I won't be able to pay child support and then I'll be behind on that and then I'll take my driver's license and my passport and then they'll seize all my accounts and then they'll send me to jail. And I mean, and it's just like, I mean, it's just this, this like, it's like slow down. And that's what you have to do. You have to like, okay, take a breath. Okay. Are you going to get, you know, you're going to get through this. Okay. That's what I'm saying to myself. It's like, all right, what's the, you know, all right. Do you have a backup plan? And I, I'm big on backup plans. I don't know about you guys, but I always have, you know, exit strategies and backup plans. And uh, I, and I'll tell you that during the beginning part of my divorce, when all my backup plans were destroyed, you know, all my all my safety nets were were liquidated. Uh, well, it's mainly talking about money, but it was it was really scary because my normal system for making me feel calmer was obliterated and it's like oh crap if something happens i don't have a backup plan so i hope that was helpful for big mikey and for anyone else out there if anyone has uh, wants to comment on that I'll, I'll look through the comments here in a moment but you can dial in at one four two four three seven three five four eight three. if you're outside of the country you can do it through the web interface Again, the links are in the description. Just scroll down and you should be able to find them. The web interface basically opens up an audio type session, makes a like a VoIP call for you to be able to, to get in. So you, my understanding, unless I'm wrong, well, I, I'm, no, I'm not wrong because there's no way for it to charge you. It would be free for you. A little bit more delays, but that's understandable. Divorce Papa says, the sleep issues are the worst. Most of mine were related to antidepressants I was on. Now that I'm off them, the insomnia is much better. That's the other thing, is just finding the balance of, of medication and you know your routine. I mean, there's, some, there's some things that you can do to help. I, I am not sleeping well. Last night, every two hours, I was waking up. It was very annoying. <laughs> at one point, I woke up at a little after four, and I'm thinking... Should I just get up? Uh, and I, I, I didn't. And then when the alarm went off, it was really tough. Flyboy C is killing it today on the Super Chats. So let me grab this. He says, sorry guys, don't mean to dominate. Exercise, nutrition, and as hard as it is, do something for yourself every day helps sleep, depression, and anxiety. Man, he is absolutely right. 
Uh, and I have, I had uh, a hard time. I've never been an exercise person, uh, which is really a bummer because I think I, I, I'm fairly confident that that would have been very helpful for me. If you, but, but try to do something, get yourself moving, go for walks. Eating better is, is key. Maybe this is an, maybe again, this is an age thing. You know, what I used to be able to get away with eating when I was in my twenties and thirties is I can't anymore. I eat stuff now. And it's like, I, it's like, I even know it. Like Debbie and I, yesterday we went out to, uh, where did we go? We went to a Mediterranean place right before it closed. Got to sit out on the on the patio. <laughs> a little too much sun, but and that type of food, I don't. <clears throat> I feel good after. I can eat that, and I and it won't bother me. It's not like I'm like, oh God, I ate. You know, I remember eating that Mexican food. On the other hand, unless I get something, you know, if I if I get like the normal, I'm going to get an enchilada and a chili relleno, rice and beans, a pile of chips, salsa. Um, which I love. I mean, I love all that. But I feel like garbage afterwards. McDonald's, something like that. Oh my God, I feel like crap. I mean, and just think about it, right? I mean, it, and it's it, it's such a it's such a. I don't know if common is the right word, but I mean, it's 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 right in our face. I mean, it's it's showing us that hey, you know, you eat. And I'm not saying, you know, you have to be vegan or you have to be a certain type, but, but find the things that are balanced well with you. I, I personally believe that everyone's a little bit tuned differently, and which means that what you, need, you know, what you need to make your engine run appropriately is different. Jack says, I, I joined the gym and went low carb a few months back. And I have to do the low carb thing because of the diabetes. So... So I do have a caller, so I'm going to grab that. It looks like it's a switching topic. Uh, it says, uh, family, what can you recommend on 167 counts of, for violating custody? And well, it says Seattle parents, but I'm sure it means something different. So let me, let me grab that. Hello, you are on the show. Are you there? Uh, we'll return that one to the queue. So I don't, I don't know how to. Uh, maybe I'll pull that back up in a moment. So I want to look some more on what's what's going on with that. Again, Flyboy C, appreciate the super chats. Uh, I appreciate you guys supporting this. I'm doing this all all out of pocket, so every little bit helps. Speaking of that, if you want to support the channel, you can do that via super chats, like like uh, Flyboy C is demonstrating so effectively today. <laughs> You can also become a channel member. If you're on YouTube, you can scroll down and, and hit the join button, and there's different tiers. Uh, as that grows and there's more people, I think it'll be a lot easier to do some specific things for the channel members. It's a thing that goes through YouTube. And you can also uh, you know, support through the website. And honestly, the best way to support if you can't do that is like, share, subscribe, and engage in the videos that uh, you know that mean something to you. You know, make comments and and stuff like that. Because all that 
triggers the YouTube algorithm to say, hey, people like this content. We need to get it out in front of more people. And obviously that, that helps because then it gets other things going on. Uh, Flyboy C says, exercise can be a simple walk in your case and not sure if everyone else knows your other channel, but the camping seems to lift your spirits, get you closer to your kids and your lovely lady. That is true. And speaking of the camping thing, I have uh, that whole week I spent up in Yosemite, up in like that area of California uh, with my daughter. I still have not had a chance to edit the video. I'm almost thinking maybe I need to take take tomorrow off from my real job and I can just sit there and edit. But I haven't decided yet and it's kind of late notice, so I don't know if that would work. Uh, John Boston says, uh, with all the stress I found going low carb and one meal a day and cutting back coffee. Oh my God. No blasphemy made a big difference. You know, and and that's, that's the thing, you know, just find what works for you. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's the key, you know, and then try to change a new routine. To be honest, this whole radio show, this rate, this show, I call it a radio show, even though it's not on radio. Is, is is an attempt for me to try to force a change in my my routine. I am not a morning person. I do not like mornings. I, I When the alarm goes off and it's dark outside, I don't like that. I, I like it whenever I can just kind of, when I wake up and I'm like, okay, I've been in bed long enough and, and get out. That's kind of the way I like it. So this forcing myself to get up is... I mean, there's, there's multi, there's multi facets to this. There's the time slot, you know, this is the only really time slot that I can do this You know, do it like right before I, you know, right before I go to my real job. And, uh, you know, if I can get, so that's the, that's the reason. But the other idea is, I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen the videos, you know, getting up at 4am every day. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. I was telling him about, you know, I'm trying to get in this routine. He's like, I get up at four every day. I'll call you. I'm like, please don't call me at four. (laughs) Let me have that little extra hour. Although I will say that I'm now starting to wake up, you know, uh, at like four or 40, you know, right before my alarm goes up. Typically I, 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 I do acclimate rather quickly to waking up before the alarm goes off, which is great. Now I'm just hoping I can get to the point where I'm like, you know, I can get going, jump in the shower and feel and feel pretty good. And, I, and I'm getting there. And then the next part is that residual to where it doesn't just destroy the rest of your day. That first week, the week, the, those days were so, were so tough. It was really hard. Oh, I see a lot of people, John, uh, you know, no coffee, no thanks. John says, uh, I was drinking way too much Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I, uh, I, 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 you know, it's funny uh, on, okay. So we're talking about how to, how to modify your, your routine to make you feel better. And I can honestly say, and I don't, I don't really want to say this, but I, I think I'm reaching the point in my life where coffee is not really good for me. I mean, I, I'm drinking it now. And if I have another cup after this, it's like, I start to feel like crap. It, it makes my stomach really feel crappy. You know, and for a while there, I was drinking tea and I might switch back to, back to that, like green tea. I think I ran out. That might be why I stopped, but 
Divorce Papa says, I don't actually, or actually don't use an alarm unless I'm traveling. That's awesome. Um, I, I still set an alarm up just in case because I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be late and I don't want to miss my, my deadlines and, and stuff like that. But, uh, I will say that it does make me feel good whenever it's like when I'm waking up and I'm looking at it and the alarm's going to go off. Sometimes I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll ask my alarm since I'm using a echo, uh, an, I got to say it quietly. I'm using an Alexa clock to do it. The only thing that's bad about that is if you it, it picks it up anywhere. You say it, it's like it's like constantly listening, which is probably a bad thing. But uh, I will say that I, I do tend to have conversations with my my little my little cubed friends, cubed cylindrical friends. Sometimes it's funny because it'll talk back to you. I'm sure all the computer people out there who are worried about privacy are like, you're nuts. How, how would you put one, something in there? Anyways, <laughs> the lines are open. One, four, two, four, three, seven, three, five, four, eight, three. The other person that had called, uh, you could call back. Um, I did not hear anything whenever I pulled you in. I hope that wasn't a problem on my side. Actually, at one point, I think I heard something in the background, but I wasn't entirely sure. You know what? I'm going to jump into this smart. I'll just say this person says, I like the Parker stands up for his rights video. That's one of my, actually one of my more popular videos. And and I know that, I don't know if Caleb's on today, but you know, people get so polarized by that. It's weird. I mean, I, I think I'm one of the only places that has a video up. I mean, and I didn't copy his stuff, right? So I, I edited it down and I comment, commentated on it. It's probably one of my only common commentary type videos. And then the interview I did with him, I just butchered that. I, I was really disappointed in myself on how I, how I did that. But, you know, you, you get in the situation. What, what people don't understand on this, on on the, on these stories, right? Because it's that's not that's not a unique situation. I mean, and I'll say I didn't have that. I've never had my kids say either way they wanted to live one place or the other. Thank God, right? Um, but the reality is, is that whenever you're financially ruined, your money's gone, you're scraping by and giving every dime that you have to your ex because you're ordered to do so. And then if some, some situation like that comes up and you're trying to communicate with the other person who has all the power and say, Hey, little Johnny or in this situation, you know, little Parker. And that wasn't little, he's 14, you know, wants, wants a change. And when the other person, which, which is bizarre, right? When you're not dealing with a narcissistic person, and, and, and it's not this adversarial, you know, I won, I get to make all the decisions, you're going to listen to me. And I know a lot of people, some people I even talk to that are out there, is, uh, are dealing with this. They're dealing with a person who is never going to agree to anything and will use everything against them. And they don't care. They don't care who it hurts. And you get into a situation where you're out of options. You're like, I don't have 
the twenty to forty thousand dollars to go back and fight this battle. And I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to force the issue to uh, to make a change, and it didn't work. And a lot of people watch that story and they're like, "What the hell happened?" And you know, and, and I and I know there's other people who have more detail on it, but I look at it as you know, you you, you can dive into and criminalize and, and demonize everybody, right? And there are people who just hate Caleb. I get it on my thing. I I'll get people who are like, you know, you're dumb, you're stupid. How dare you do this? You know, you don't know the story. You're just agreeing with them. The reason I highlighted that story is because of the crap show that Caleb went through, and he was able to still show up. Try to be if you know be in his kid's life. He didn't give up. My understanding, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I am. That uh, they tried to get him to like just sign away your rights, sign away. You know, all this will go away. Just just walk away from your kids. Just get basically. It's like get out of my life, and I'll stop screwing with you if you get out of my life. You never come back, and you pretend like these kids never existed. And some people give up. Some well, some people give up completely. Some people look at it and say, all right, you know, this sucks, but I've lost. I, I got to find a way to resalvage my life. And, I, and the sad part is, is that most of the time when people do that, they freaking regret it for the rest of their life. They always feel guilty about it. And then you have the people who, I mean, and I kind of fall into this category, not to the same extent as Caleb did, to where you say, you know what, I'm going to do whatever I have to do. I'm going to keep plugging along. I'm going to keep staying. I'm going to keep showing up. If I, I mean, until I completely lose, maybe then I'll reevaluate it, but I'll keep going. You know, and then in his story, four years later, the same thing happens with their, their, with his next 14 year old son. It was funny. I mean, I, I hear people who, even people put in my comments, you know, he's, you know, he's horrible. You know, the kids don't even talk to him. You know, the other day he was doing a live stream and one of his kids, they, they, the other two kids were in watching, you know, playing video games or doing something. And I think it was Hayden just popped in and hung out on his live stream. You know, it's like, what the hell? You know, see, here, here's the other thing. And this is kind of getting me a little hot on the color. Getting me a little frustrated. It's like, at the end of the day, Kids want to have a relationship with both parents. Now, I get that people who are on my channel, the other parent is probably a total piece of garbage. However, it's still the parent of the other ch- of the kid. They still want their parent to love them, not reject them. And if we're sitting there and the parent is doing that. It's, it hurts. It, I mean, I've, I've watched that myself. I'm like, Oh my God, can't you please just give, you know, can't you provide them a little bit of positive attention? Why does it have to be this freaking chaos all the time? You know? And I, and I'm watching it right now. I was talking to two people about this yesterday. I'm watching it and I'm watching my youngest who a few months ago, not a few months ago, maybe a year or two ago was expressing how, disappointed she was and you know how her mom was ignoring her and stuff and all those different things and she's just desperately trying to find a way to get her mom to even recognize her 
And unfortunately, typically kids have to, are typically kids will start going down this destructive path to get that attention. And then we're stuck just trying to, you know, undo the damage, pick up the pieces. And it seems like all the while we're doing that, we're just getting poked in the eye by our kids, you know, boop. Tech Moore says it's the constant false narrative that the toxic parent wants to create for themselves and the outside world without any consequences. And typically they, they seem to not have consequences. Trisha said, I self-medicated yesterday. I don't remember a lot. I never was like that. I realized two months, uh, are two, I realized two thoughts intruded, money and him. I don't remember much of anything else. I hate this. You know what, Tricia? I can, I can relate to just looking for different ways to, to, to do that. For a while there when I was sleeping or couldn't sleep, I started doing like NyQuil just as like, man, I just got to, I have to sleep. I just need to not be dealing with the insomnia, not be dealing with these intrusive thoughts. It takes time. You know, I mean, obviously you have to be very careful and depending on what you mean by self-medicating, it's, it's a slippery slope. And just, you know, Jack says, hang in there to Trish, Trisha, um, you know, and I think a lot of us go through this, right? I mean, and I know we don't, man, this is turning into a serious, serious show today. We, there's all this darkness that we go through in the middle of all of this. And it's, and then when you get past it, you don't really want to talk about it. And and the sad part is, right? So, so people don't talk like what I just said, right? I mean, you know, typically people aren't going to share their demons on this too. And then the problem is, is you take somebody who's in that mode and they're, and they're trying to, they're just trying to find any way to cope. And anybody who has been through it, if they're saying, Oh, I just got better. And it's like, you're, but you're leaving out all the little details on all the struggles that you, that, that you had. And that's, that's the really tough part because when you don't have that context, and you look at other people and you're like, oh, well, they got it easy. They had it easy. They, you know, so something's seriously wrong with me because everyone else has been able to get through this. You know, I mean, think about it. If, if I wasn't talking about this and you ran into me and, and maybe you knew me and it's like you knew me, I was going through hell there and then you see it's better. And then you're going through it. It, it doesn't necessarily mean you're, you would look at my story and say, oh, okay, that I, you know, he went through the same thing I went through. You probably would think he didn't go through the same thing I went through because he got better and I'm not going to get better. It's never going to get better. So let me scroll back down. Jack says, some days it's living minute by minute. I absolutely remember that. I, I, I remember sometimes I felt like I was crawling through the day 
just so that I could get home, just so that I could go to bed, that I could just try to sleep. Um, I'd listen to music. I would do, and I was listening to the wrong music, right? I was listening to music that wasn't, wasn't calming me down. It was making things worse. It was, it was like amplifying the pain that I was feeling. Flyboy says, it's very hard to remember, but the narc has no empathy. He or she is your enemy and will not change. They cannot love their children unconditionally like we do, and they are sick, yet we heal. So very true. And it's tough whenever that simple truth of what we just said or what was just said is so important. It is so important to remember that and remind yourself of that. That's part of what the absolute thinking is, is coming up with a methodology to remind you of what is real and what you're really dealing with and to break you out of that cognitive dissidence, that false thinking to where you, you can look at reality as what's really going on. Now, it doesn't make it completely easier, but once you accept that, I mean, once I accepted, and it's, and it, once I accepted what I believe the X is, what the behavioral patterns continually demonstrate, continually go, continually happen, then I'm able to say, okay, you know, this is what the deal is. How do I, I mean, I can't change it. I can't turn it around. The best case scenario would have been if I could have somehow had full custody and really limited their input. But, but here's the thing, guys. Had I done that, more than likely at some point, probably, the kids would have been like, well, I want, you know, I want to live with mommy now. And because they don't get it, right? They don't see it. We think sometimes that if that person is completely out of the picture or has a limited impact, now, if they have limited impact and they're not focusing their, their glorious attention on the children, yeah, but still, even then, it's bad for the kids because they're then being rejected by one of their parents. One of their parents is basically saying, you are not worthy of love. Even your own mother or father doesn't love you and doesn't want to have any, anything to do with you. I, I felt that way with my, towards my dad. I thought that that's, that's what I felt. That's a horrible way to grow up. It sets you up to always have in your mind that you're not worthy. I'm not worthy of this. I don't deserve this. I'm bad. I, you know, I drove my parent away. I mean, there, there is, I mean, hell, it's easier for us. If I didn't have to, if, if I didn't have to deal with the ex, it would be a hell of a lot easier. Not denying that. For me, it'd be easier for me. The problem is, is, is it really, it's like easier now, but later when the kids are dealing with those codependency issues and, and those, those, those childhood traumas of being basically abandoned, what is that going to do to them? Now, granted, it's not my problem anymore. When they go through and they get bad relationships and they're replicating things and, and, and trying to heal those, those wounds, Oh, Trisha, I'm going to pull this up. She goes, I woke up terrified, but then I remembered you guys were here and I logged on. So grateful. Thanks so much. Oh, well, that's, I, 
This is a great community. Speaking of communities, if you are not, if you're new to this and you have not seen uh, the Discord, you can find that if I can figure out how to do it. If you go over to, oh man, I have to do this again. I forgot to do this. I have to pick that. Okay. If you go over to the Discord in the banner, not the Discord, if you go into the YouTube channel, main page in the banner, the far right little icon, there's one for the website, one for Patreon, one for PayPal, and uh, uh, then Discord. That is the invite link. Please don't use that to keep going in and complete accepting the invite because all you'll end up doing is just creating multiple accounts. Once you get in, you load Discord or you create an account in Discord, then just go to discord.org. I think it's org or com. And then you can get in. It'll it'll have your servers that you've uh, accept or went into. If you do go into that, make sure whenever you get in there, you direct message me. You should get prompted to do that. Just send me a message saying, hey, found you on YouTube. I'm uh, like if Trisha was doing it. I'm Trisha on YouTube. Um, that makes it easier for me to know that you know, you're not somebody's ex or some troll trying to get in. So, and then there's a bunch of private rooms. There's one public room and everything else is private. So definitely that can be helpful as well. And it's a, it's a quiet date. It's, it's very weird. This, this Thursday is a, a weird day. Let's see. We do have, well, we got 10 minutes. So if somebody wants to call in, we have a few moments for that. 1-424-373-5483. I'm really bummed that that other caller didn't, didn't work. John says, my ex purposely keeps my kids from me, yet she tells them your father doesn't care about you. She's pure evil, rotten pumpkin. <laughs> exactly. Uh-oh, what's going on there? You know, it, it's amazing how effectively evil these people can be. And I am, I don't know, I guess technically I don't know 100%. But looking back on my life, I think my mom did basically the same thing. I think she... Well, I know that, that I would get these comments that, oh, your dad's going to come by and see you. And I would be so excited because I so wanted, you know, I wanted my dad to love me. And I remember, I can remember sitting on, you know, on the edge of the couch, head poised out the window, looking at the road, waiting for him to show up. What, what time is he supposed to be here? Oh, it's supposed to be four o'clock, you know, like 345. I'm, I'm sitting there. And I'm just waiting, you know, then four o'clock rolls around and I'm waiting and then 405, 410, 430. And then I'm just beside myself, just completely. I mean, I was completely played, completely played, you know, and then, and then the narcissistic mom swoops in, gives you a big hug. I'm so sorry. Your dad's like that. He said he was going to show up. I don't know what happened. Now, keep in mind, that's, 
what was that, 79? I mean, so, you know, we didn't have iPads and iPhones and text messaging and TikTok, and I still don't understand TikTok, but didn't have all those things. So it wasn't easy to, well, hell, we didn't even have cell phones back then. You know, it's not even like I could call a cell phone. I mean, it was like, you know, I don't even think if I've even thought about even trying to call the house. And, you know, and, and the thing is, is I would bet you that somewhere in that, there was some type of conversation. It might be, I don't know, actually, my mom's pretty vindictive. So it could have been an outright lie or it could have been something as in, you know, you know, hey, hey, Dwayne's dad, if you, uh, you, know, you could come pick him up at four if you want, knowing that he had to work. So it's like, well, it's there. He had, he had the opportunity to show up. I don't know why he didn't show up. He must not care about you. Freaking evil. It's evil. Yeah, Aaron and, and Oz. I'm going <laughs> to... DSD, that is so... E- Whoops, I hit the wrong one. It moved. Uh, that is so easy. Uh, that is so evil. And I'll go back to Rob's comment. Rob said, Hey, bud, why would an ex-wife want a divorce then still want to have relationships? Hold your hand, sleep with you, and kiss you tonight. Oh, that, that's easy. It's to completely screw with your mind, Rob. It, it's it's to it's to it's it's gaslighting and cognitive dissonance. It's two separate things, but I mean that that's what it is. Actions and words, buddy. When they're saying one thing and doing something different, you got to believe the actions. Now I say that, and you go, well, but but Dwayne, the actions are she wants to come over and have relationships and and sleep together and be be intimate then that means that's real. No, it means that she's screwing with your head. And part of it is to see how much are you going to put up with? How much, you know, how much can I mess with Rob until he breaks? What, what can I get away with? What can I do to still, still and, and what it is is, you know, and, and it could just be, see, here's this thing, and I know we're starting to run out of time. Here is the thing. The thing is, they typically are broken people. They have very low self-esteem most of the time. I'd say in a lot of ways we do too. So they also sabotage relationships. Sometimes it is just, it's like, hey, let me see what I can do. Let's see how much pressure I can put on this person before they break. The other thing is in their mind, they're thinking, they're going to leave me. They're going to, this isn't going to work. So you're sabotaging it to making, making it a, a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? And then Rob, whenever you finally say enough is enough, then you're the bad guy. I, I had that in my situation. We were doing the marriage counseling thing. And when we finally got to the stopping point, I'm like, I'm done. You know what? We tried this. This isn't working. You know, your actions aren't following, definitely following your words. Although I don't know if I had resolved that to that level at that point yet. And then as soon as it was over, the rumors I was hearing was that I was a scumbag, that I abandoned the family, that, uh, that I refused to go to marriage counseling. And I'm like, what? We were going to marriage counseling. It was getting nowhere, and it was, you know, we, we did it. Now you're saying I won't do it? Now, and, 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 their, and their unique ability to, to frame the conversation Yes, there was a conversation. It's like, well, are we going to go to marriage counseling anymore? Blink, blink. And I'm like, uh, what's the point? 
We just did. No, I'm done. He refused to go to marriage counseling. It's like you're leaving the part out of the story that we went for a couple of months and it was a complete train wreck and nothing happened. Nothing was accomplished. Anyways. Ugh. Let me see what... Uh, yeah, Rob says, I'm so confused. Buddy, by design, that's what that's about. It, it is to confuse you. It is to, to make you messed up. It is to break you down, wear you down, uh, and to potentially, if you guys had a problem, she's trying to get you to, to uh, well, obviously you're having a problem. What I mean is, is there's something she's trying to get you to do. It's part of a manipulation on that. And, and just to be clear, folks, you know, I mean, in this particular story, unless I'm, unless Rob is for Robin and I'm incorrect that, uh, it's a guy, guys do the same thing. They can do the same thing. Narcissistic people follow the same playbook. Yes. There's some, some, some scenarios where women do things more often and men do do it a certain way, you know, more often, but it all overlaps. <laughs> John says, "Back in the seventies, we still had tin cans and string." <laughs> I remember playing with those. I remember doing that. That was pretty cool, actually. Anyways, crazy week. Interesting discussions today. We kind of went all over the map. Hope you guys enjoyed that. And we got a small, kind of a smaller crew today, which is which is a okay. Oh, I'm gonna. Uh, John had said to Flyboy, she did the whole divorce covertly and probably a year before she pulled the plug on the family. You know, that's the other thing is is oftentimes they are planning this and have this worked out way ahead of time. They'll lie about it. They won't. They'll they'll play games, and it's a strategic move on their part. They may, and it makes sense. You sit there and you play this game, and, and you and you keep them thinking. You keep your opponent thinking one thing while you're planning everything. You're getting your troops in, and you know you're getting your your armies and everything in line, and and your defenses and everything ready, so that whenever the war starts, the other person is woefully not uh, ready for it. Oh, man. Well, we are running out of time. So I'm going to shut down the phone line. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. That is going to do it that way. Uh, On that, thank you for spending your Thursday morning with me. Outstanding discussions on panic attacks, anxiety, Crazy divorces, parenting, all over the map. Great topic, so. you want to participate in the show and you're listening to this as a replay, you can go over to the dadsfivingdivorce.com website and leave a voicemail, or you can leave a uh, message on the call-in line. The links are in the description below. All right, guys, have an outstanding rest of your day.